Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio and you are with Lyle and... Mon! How's it going, Lyle? Yeah, good. Yeah. Fantastic. What are you grateful awesome. for this morning? I am grateful for lots of things. Let me think. Uh, what should I be grateful for this morning? I've got a list. That's uh, good to have a list. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to figure out. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to run with this one because I only get to use it today. Uh-huh. I'm grateful it's July and July has started. Yeah, I meant to that. Because if July has started, that means that the days are getting longer and summer is coming and winter is going to wane away. I never thought I'd say this, but I actually am happy it's, it's moving into summer. I mean, I'm not a summer hater, but I was so excited that winter was coming this year because I wanted to wear my new pink coat. But I arrived at the office this morning and I was sweating in the in the heat and I was like, I just can't wait for it to be summer so people don't turn on their heaters anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you walk in, of course, you've been exercising yes. vigorously and you walk into a warm room it's like <laughs> yeah. and then, of course, within 10 minutes you start to cool down and layer back uh-huh, up again. Uh-huh, that's right. That's right. And I'm, I'm done with it. I'm looking forward to summer where it's just going to be hot all the time. <laughs> There you go. All right. So what have we got coming up on uh, our show today? Mm, We have great stuff coming up. We have a really important uh, thing that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, um, and that is about, you know, why Faith FM is positively different radio. Uh And, uh, you know, I don't want to say the words piece de la distance, but I do want to talk about, you know. You've got a whole book about positively different lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. That we're going to be uh, interviewing uh, the author of. Indeed, indeed. There's a brand new book's just come out. Um, you can actually check it out on our social media. It's a really great book. And um, we know all this, by the way, because we are talking about the delayed broadcast right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. We've already talked to this guy. We've and already talked to this It's an awesome interview. He's really good. He is really good. We should have talked to him twice as long. It would be awesome to have him for like half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but right, actually, we'll get him back. We'll get him back. If you would like to jump across the live show, which we totally recommend because on the live show you can call in for the prizes and for the giveaways and ask the question of the day and that kind of stuff. You can do it very simply uh, one of two ways. You can go to our website, which is faithfm.com.au and just press play on the live stream or you can download the TuneIn app, which is free to download. I mean, there's a paid version, but don't worry about that one. Just get the free version Mm -hmm. and search for Faith FM Australia and once again, just press play and uh, you can plug that thing into your into your car stereo, through your aux cord, you can Bluetooth it. And it just makes listening to Faith FM so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah much better idea than uh, listening to the delayed broadcast. Anyway, we've got some great stories coming up. I'm going to talk about how to get an education without getting an education. I'm very interested in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, some great music and a great Bible study. So stay tuned and we'll be back right after this. There's a train coming. You don't need no baggage, and just to get on board, all you need is faith. On the diesel humming. You don't need no ticket, no, no. Just thank the Lord. Oh. 
Back everybody, you're listening to Faith FM Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon, and it's time for the first clue for the quiz. Do we have one up on Facebook already? Uh, no. Instagram. But I'm about to, as soon as we go to song break, I want to put like two or three of them up at a time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, you jump on our social media and you can get ahead of the crowd. Indeed. Today's quiz is a what number am I quiz. So I like these because. It's obviously going to be a number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not that many options. And uh, How do you mean there's not that many options? Well, I mean, like... Well, there are some big numbers in the Bible. I know, you know? but uh, I mean, who are... Like, 10,000 times 10,000 and 1,000, thousands. But that's as big as they get. 
because yeah, that's like, an open-ended you number. You don't get one million in the Bible, or a billion, or a trillion, <laughs> or a zillion, or infinity. Like it's it's capped. <laughs> we all know all right, that. All right, all right. Anyway, anyway, what is a zillion anyway? It's a, I think it's a made-up word by kids when they don't understand how big the number is. <laughs> <laughs> Only topped by squizillion. <laughs> oh, okay, so you've got a zillion, a gazillion, and a squizillion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be absolutely astounded there were actual <laughs> amounts. Anyway, what number am I? The first clue is Anna, the prophetess, lived with her husband this number of years before becoming a widow. If you know the answer to how many years Anna, the prophetess, lived with her husband before she became a widow, you can give us a call. The number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text 0491-064-669. Message us on Facebook, message us on Instagram, or tweet at us. And if you get the answer right, we're going to send you a prize. And the definition for a gazillion is one with one, two, three, four. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair amount, a good or great deal, um, a great quantity, an abundance, a wealth, a profusion. See, it's, it's no, it's no specific amount. <laughs> no, it's, it's just a lot. Just a lot, a lot of whatever it is. There's a lot of it. <laughs> I can't believe you googled that. <laughs> definition of a gazillion. Uh, Ooh, la la. So, we're talking about positive things this morning. Yes, Posi- yeah. Positive, positivity all the way through. Yeah, we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about our news diet. That's what we're going to talk about. Our news mm-hmm. diet. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to start off by telling uh, a bit of an interesting uh, story about Yale University. You know the University of Yale, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's been teaching classes for 316 years, mm-hmm. um, but none of their courses has been as popular as their most popular class ever, which they've just decided to let anyone take for free. Oh, wow. You and I could go over to uh, Yale and do their most popular class ever. We have to go there? Because I can't imagine if we all went there that we would be able to fit. Well, yeah, good good point. I think most of your Yale degrees you can get from Australia without leaving your bedroom yeah, these days. Yeah, I, th- I think they have plans. Uh, yes, I'm reading here they decided to um, soon start teaching this class online for free and anyone can enroll. Okay. Yeah, but I mean still, why wouldn't you want to go over? <laughs> yeah, tell me what this class is. I want myself, yeah. I'm going to get myself a Yale degree. So the, the Ivy League school has a course on happiness. <laughs> and it's their most popular course to date in the history, the entire history of the school. So almost a quarter of the student body uh, this year signed up for it. It's Psych uh, 157, which is Psychology and the Good Life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's about a thousand in-person youngsters um, expressing interest in learning about mental health and well-being. So it's a six-week six week course. Um, I think there's a bit of a commentary on it, on a state of our society. Absolutely. It's telling me that a lot of people are unhappy and it's like, oh, wow, I've got a course on how to be happy. Yeah. Do, you, do we really need, seriously need a course that's on how the, to be happy? That's the other thing. Not only do we have a lot of unhappy people, we have a lot of people who don't know how to get happy, which is sad. That's really sad. It's really sad. Um, uh, the class, uh, The Science of Wellbeing, is taught by a psychology and cognitive science professor called Laurie Santos. Um, and the class description says, the purpose of this course is not only to learn what psychological research says about what makes us happy, but also to put these strategies into practice. The first half of the course reveals misconceptions we have about happiness and the annoying features of the mind that lead us to think the way we do. The second half of the course focuses on activities that have been proven to increase happiness along with strategies to build better habits. 
Hmm. I like this course. Yeah. I, I mean, like this course a lot. It is getting close to true education. It's not mm-hmm. quite there. I think but uh, it's getting close. Cognitive um, behavior science is I think probably one of the most effective of effective of the psychology kind of methods that they use. And um, you know, the, the lecturer says the hope that is that this isn't going to be an ordinary class or lecture series. This is the kind of thing that we hope will change the student's life in a real way. Mm, mm, mm. And um, So the ultimate goal of all true education is redemption. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's the ultimate way of finding true deep-seated happiness in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, these guys, are, um, these guys are on the money. They are heading the right direction. Yeah, and um, and which which brings us into into focus here at Faith FM because uh, there's a journalist, uh, Jodie Jackson. Um, she wrote a really interesting article, and it's called "Why Changing Your News Diet Can Change Your World." And uh, and so she she noticed something because she she gave birth um, just recently to her first child, and uh, and her mother-in-law. Um, told her that she was really worried about the world that this child was going to grow up in. And she you know, she was saying, it's so much more dangerous than when I was young. But her mother-in-law was born during the Second World War. Oh, wow. And uh, and since then, you know, globally we've become you know, more prosperous, improved health, better technology, better san- sanitization, higher IQs, lower rate of child mortality, fewer deaths from conflict, fewer homicides, and there has been a reduction in overall levels of crime. So why did this mother-in-law think that the world is more dangerous now than 70 years ago when she was born in World War Two? And so um, Jodie Jackson, this journalist, started – researching the negative bias of news and if it's actually causing what she calls social harm. So journalism can change and news consumers, you know, they have the power to make this happen. But she she was starting to look at, you know, does it actually have an effect? You know, often we think that what we consume via our mouths, what we eat, we understand that that affects our body. We understand that if we eat pizza and ice cream every day, we're going to end up fat as a house. We don't seem to stop and think that what we consume via, you know, news-wise or journalism-wise or TV or media or anything like that would affect us in any which way, which is kind of turning a blind eye to what is actually reality. Mm, 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 um, so, I mean, that should be, that should be patently obvious yeah. that if you are consuming negativity on mm-hmm. a constant basis, mm-hmm. which is what news, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, exactly. Um, then uh, that's going to have a negative influence on your life. Mm-hmm. It's like if you listen to negative music, you're going to become a negative person. It's true. If you are, if you, if you, you know, if, if you just immerse yourself in negativity and then you wonder why you end up with depression. Yep. So, um, Jodie Jackson, you know, her response to her mother-in-law uh, was to ju- suggest that her belief, you know, the one that the world is more dangerous than it used to be actually lies in her perception and that this perception is created not necessarily through experience but through new stories. Um, because, you know, if you if you think about, you know, what have you experienced? Have you ever been in a, in a, in a I don't know, in a, in a crime or in an earthquake or in any of the things that the news is, you know, brought, um, reporting Every about. time I go to New Zealand, I tell my friends over there to stir me up an earthquake and they never do. They always, I don't know. Yeah. So, so we don't live what we see on TV. What we see on TV has been curated and, and often exaggerated to create you know, a, le- mm-hmm. a, a bleeding mm-hmm. leading story. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so she she was making efforts to understand how this news affects us when she herself, this journalist Judy Jackson, said she reached a point where she couldn't bear to hear another news story. It was just burdening her soul, so to speak. And so, you know, as soon as she would switch on a radio or TV, she, you know, she would 
even before she said the blip before the news, she could just switch it off. And people would say, you know, this avoidance of the news was naive or weak or extreme. Um, you know, and at first she felt perhaps she wasn't strong enough to see the world and all its ugly existence. But actually, you know, if we think about the world, there's many different ways to look at it. The world is it's a remarkable, complex place. It's filled with like adventure and imagination and kindness, as well as cruelty and suffering oh. and injustice. And so we have to refuse to allow this narrow, narrow selective picture that we've been given by the news to define how life is as a whole. Mm-hmm. And... Um, We need to start digging deeper, like why is negative news so prevalent? Why do journalists focus so much on wrongdoing? Why does the media create, um, you know, or does does media create or or reflect opinion? Um, Does the media report news that is in the real interest of the public or in the interest of its own commercial success? We can't just think of news as being like, the, the standard we have to remember it's still a business behind it and businesses are often bi- they're always biased yeah, they're yeah, always yeah. trying to make money and survive in the mm-hmm, business world right. so we need to understand that news is actually business um, so sh- she really dug deep into this and, and definitely discovered that um, people it's almost like they don't really have a an inclination for for bad news. It's just just what we've been fed Mm -hmm. is shock and awe and so we stick on it. But where she studied further into psychology, she realised if you switch your media diet, you can actually reduce your anxiety. And I think that's where we come in because we're a positive news channel. There you go. And, you know, so we're trying... Tune in to... Faith FM, change your news diet. We are going to talk a bit more about this because our guest interview coming up in a couple of segments time actually wrote a book called Live More Happy. So we're going to have a look a bit further into this. Cool. Looking forward to it. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are still and striving cease My comforter, my all and all Here in the love of Christ I stand
You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. The network right across Australia. You're with Lila Mon on The Breakfast Show. Do we have another clue for our quiz? Yes, our what number am I quiz. So the second clue is Saul waited for Samuel at Gilgal this many days after which he offered up a burnt offering himself. Hmm. Bit of a gun jumper there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've already put up. This is related to uh, this is related to last Friday's quiz. Is it? So for all the people listening to the delayed broadcast, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. But you just need to get online oh, and, yeah, and yeah. get with the show and mm-hmm. and use the TuneIn app or listen to us at faithfm.com.au so that you can listen to the live show. But yes, last Friday we talked about um, in the quiz. The answer was Haman the Agagite. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it relates to the story of Saul and Samuel and oh. Agag is in there, is in this story. Do, do you know the answer to this quiz, by the no. way? Oh, oh two, yes. Two clues, two clues. Two, oh, okay, listeners, listeners, this is your opportunity. If I you, think that might be a – That might be a record. No, it's not a record, but it's 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 equal record. It's something else. Okay, listeners, if you can give me a call and tell me the answer before Lyle figures this out, I will give you two prizes. <laughs> That's <laughs> always been the standing off. If you can figure out the quiz before Lyle, you get double prizes. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. Also, of course, I have already now put up – Extra clues on our Instagram. Our Instagram name is faithfmlive, all one word, lowercase. Check that out. Okay, so how to get an education without without getting an education? Oh, tell me. Is it it's via YouTube? Because I <laughs> so educate myself on YouTube. <laughs> on. No. You can. No. You can, Shame. You can Google Shame. how to do anything on YouTube. Shame on you. <laughs> well, it's true. I figured out how to fix a chainsaw the other day on YouTube. See? Yes. It's, it, you know, it's Last time I had to change a tire, I did it via YouTube. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't say shame. YouTube is a fantastic tool for fixing all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. So 
So university fees are rising faster oh. than income. Yes. And uh, a lot of uh, there's a lot of issues with going to uni. A lot of um, young mm. people go to uni and come out uh, addicted to alcohol and drugs and all these kind of things. But and we, we, and we, deeply in debt. And deeply in debt. But we say, you know, it, it's worth it for the education, right? Mm-hmm. It's worth it for the education. But is it really? So this is data coming out of the United States. Obviously, it's going to be different to Australia, but we all know that it's not that different. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, this was 2,000 students that were surveyed, um, all of them doing four-year degrees and was published in a book called Academically Adrift. And uh, they found some interesting things here. The first thing that they discovered was that uh, 45% of students, quote, did not demonstrate any significant improvement in learning over the first two years of college. Close to 40% didn't learn anything at all over all four years. Wow. Wow. That's a really scary, isn't it? Frightening. Okay, so 35% uh, spend less than five hours per week studying. Oh, my goodness. Um, which is a 50% decline since the 1990s. How do they how It wasn't they that long ago. You know, 1990s was, was back when I was studying. Yeah. Um, on average, the average student um, in university in a four-year degree in the United States spends 2.76 hours per day on all educational related activities. Whoa. That's that's homework, that's writing essays, that's going to class, that's That includes going to oh, class. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's terrible. All education. I mean, you imagine you imagine having a job where you work 2.76 hours per day. How long are you going to last? Do you realize 1 hour is what 4% of your day? <laughs> so if you think about the percentage of their day that they're spending on their yeah, schoolwork, well, and okay. that includes All right. classes. All right. At the same time, they spend five hours per day um, with shopping, eating, and partying. Oh, <laughs> and that doesn't even include social media. Yeah, which has led to a, de- a consistent decline in adult li- literacy. Um in a time when we have, I guess we've got record numbers of children that are going to, and young people that are going to college. And so we've got more and more people going to college or to university, but literacy is going down. How is that happening? Education is going up and literacy is going down. Uh, oh, there's so much, so many things here I could talk about. Uh, most college graduates fall below proficiency in verbal and quantitative literacy. Oh, my days. The majority could not complete uh, simple cognitive tasks like comparing viewpoints of newspaper editorials or calculating the cost of food items in a grocery store. Wow. You know, we see these, um, you see these YouTube videos where they go around and they interview university students yeah, and it's yeah. really scary. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you think, okay, they've done a lot of editing here and they've, they've pulled out, you know, the real idiots out of the bunch mm-hmm, to um, make fools but of maybe them all over the world. Maybe it's just a reality. That's frightening. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little bit. I mean, a friend of mine tried it in Australia one time, you know, one of these geography ones mm-hmm. where he went around Darling Harbour and asked all the Aussies who Australia's closest neighbour was. Mm-hmm. You'd be shocked how many people said New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Closer to PNG. Yeah, yeah. yeah, New Zealand's like, what, 2,000 kilometres away and Papua New Guinea is like four kilometres away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, 31% could not read and understand an adult book. Really? Yeah. Because they're all stuck on Because they've, well, they've never read a book. Yeah. Most of, most of these young people have never read a book from cover to cover. Yeah. Um. 
And they found that university graduates in the United States were getting the same test scores as high school graduates in some other countries. Are you serious? Um, only nine universities require economics um, in the in the entire United States to get a degree. Only five require um, U.S. history to get a degree. Uh, but there's been a 300% increase in women's and gender studies since 1990. In 1983, the GPA grade point average mm-hmm. was 2.8. And in 2013, guess what it was? I hate to ask. Oh, it was 3.2. What? Guess why? Why? Because A is the most commonly given uh, grade in the United States. So it's it's like falsifying the results. Well, basically, basically. they're counteracting the uh, lack of education by just pushing up the scores that they're giving their students. Oh, no. Our world is just going to pot right now. This yeah, makes me so Actually, the most scared. common grade was A. Uh-huh. D and F, uh, D's and F's combined only made up 10% of all grades that were ever given. <coughs> so there's more people failing, but no one actually fails. Now, if you tried that, of course, in private enterprise, um, you'd be done for fraud. Yep. But you do it in education and the government's going to pour billions and billions and billions of dollars into you. I'd love to be <coughs> a university professor because I would fail all my students if they were actually dumb. Okay, so you want to know a great <coughs> way of getting a really good education? According to a researcher, Dr. Sam Huang, a professor of tourism at Perth's Edith Cowan oh, University. Oh, Edith Cowan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great way of getting an education, according to him, is to go backpacking for a year. Amen. It's going to teach you to identify and solve problems. Uh-huh. Um, so 91% of people um, um, increased in that. Um, 80% raised confidence. 60% improved ability to uh, manage time and money. It increases self-esteem. It increases mental health resilience. Mm-hmm. It increases employability mm-hmm. because it gives you life experience. Um, and uh, and so they've got an example here. And this, of course, was a study that was done over 472 Australian, um, United States and Chinese backpackers around the world. And so they gave an example here of uh, this young lady who spent uh, who sold all her possessions and spent $35,000 um, for 16 months through Europe, the United States and South America. And she, of course, that was, was comparing that to friends of hers who had spent, you know, the same kind of money mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on a wedding, you know, all in one day. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I took this money and spread it over 16 months. Now, that's not a lot of money for 16 months when you are traveling. Yeah. And so you can imagine the life skills that are being learnt in, uh, in, in that whole environment there. I absolutely agree. You know, and it reminds me of what, you know, so many places, you know, in the Bible and particularly, you know, Genesis chapter 1 or just after the flood, God is telling people, go out and explore the world, scatter around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was the Tower of Babel that they were like, oh, no, we're going to stay here in one spot and we're going to build a big tower and we're not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get out and see the world. God has created an amazing place and uh, it's, going to, uh, it's going to bring you... Um, yeah, just uh, this new story has made me so happy, Lyle. <laughs> so, can you drop me off at the airport? <laughs> I absolutely agree. I thought you'd like that one. Yeah, that's really great. And I, I recently went to a finance seminar, and they actually pointed out that university education is a luxury, not a necessity. If you think about how much it costs, and uh, and I definitely know being a traveler, resilience, problem solving, just. Yeah, I love traveling for the education. Yeah, she talked about, you know, trying to figure out a police report mm-hmm. that was written in Spanish and all these kind of things. So, yeah. Um, 
Well, stay tuned. We're going to have uh, Darren Morton, Dr. Darren Morton, on the show very shortly. And uh, this is Anna Beden Hope Patience Prayer. Lift your head, little one. Lift your eyes to see the sun. Lift your heart and burden so. Rejoice in hope Lift your head, little one Lift your eyes to see the sun everybody we were listening to Anna Beden with hope patience and prayer here on Faith FM Mon we have a very special guest joining Ooh, us today yes we do I'm very excited about our guest this morning um, because I was working in a bookshop just recently and I purchased I saw this book it was bright yellow and looked just so happy and it was called live more happy and I picked it up and I ended up buying it <laughs> and uh, I've taken it home and I was so impressed by the book I haven't finished reading it yet but I, I, I was like do you know what We've got to get this author on our show. Um, so we, I, I, I managed to find the writer of this book, and it uh, turns out he's a, a bit of a, a local legend in our, in our mm-hmm. own Indeed. Hunter area. Absolutely. Um, so welcome to the show this morning, Dr. Darren Morton. 
Oh, thank you. It's great to be with you. <laughs> it's great to have you here. So you are a senior lecturer in the Faculty of Education, Business and Science at Avondale College of Higher Education and you have a PhD in Human Physiology and, uh, and you're very passionate about the emerging field of lifestyle medicine. I'm just reading your profile online if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah. All those things are true. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I was actually particularly uh, interested at the fact that you've uh, done research into the stitch. The stitch. The stitch. Yeah. Was this the stitch it's, the thing that you get when you're running? That's it. That's it. The runner's stitch. I, um, my, my one claim to fame um, is that I'm the world expert on the stitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my, I don't, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. My, my young son, my youngest son said to me the other day, he said, Daddy, he said, I can't believe that you're the world expert on that pain in your side. And I said, hey, you know what, son, I, it could be worse. I could be the world expert on being a pain in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your son's the expert on that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so really fast, before Mon starts bombarding you with questions about this book, I have to know, like, in, in one sentence, what actually creates that stitch? Oh, look, in one sentence, that you've given me too hard a task. Okay. I've Two sentences then. For about 20 years now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, look, uh, okay, here's, a, here's a, maybe a two-sentence. If you think about your abdominal area, so you've got on the outside you've got your skin yep. and you've got your underneath that you've got your muscles, you know, mm-hmm. that six-pack that we've all got. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then behind that there's a very thin little membrane called the parietal peritoneum and that little guy gets irritated. And that's what gives us the stitch pain. There you go. How do you prevent it? Do you have to like stretch or something beforehand or sit on the couch yeah, and not run? There's, there's, yeah, that's right. It's funny because we, we, one, of, one of the things my research revealed was definitely age related. So you, you grow, oh. you don't get them as much as you get older. And people would say, when I'd, I'd report this at conferences, people would say, yeah, that's correct. I haven't had a stitch for years. And I say, yeah, when was the last time you went for a run? And I went, oh, wait a sec, that could be it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's, um, there's, there's probably the most important thing is obviously not, is to not have big meals or big drinks before you run. Um, and sugary drinks are particularly provocative of stitches, so stay away from oh, them. Sugar again. It's always the sugar. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did want to talk about your new book, by the way. It's a beautiful book. I'm loving it so far, and it's so bright and yellow and happy. And uh, you've just mm, written this recently, and it's come out. And uh, I don't know whether you were listening earlier on our show, but we were discussing um, – Positivity, because you know, here at Faith FM, we like to tell our listeners that we are positively different radio, and um, mm. and I was interested because Live More Happy is a book. Basically, it's uh, it says on the front cover, scientifically proven ways to lift your mood and your life. And I'm not sure if you heard earlier, we were talking about how Yale University started offering their most popular course in the entire history of their university for free um, because so many students are signing up for it. And it's basically a university course on how to to be happy, like how to get happy. And and then we had a look also, we had a a journalist who was, you know, looking at – mental diet basically so you know whatever it is that we ingest through our eyes and through our ears and the effect that's having on us and um it seems to make sense if you look at it from that kind of perspective that 
no wonder depression, anxiety, just skyrocketing at the moment because, you know, we mm. seem to have a bent towards looking at, you know, horrible things, bad things. But I'm interested in your book, um, Live More Happy, and about how you say how to, 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 um, to, to I guess, be more happy, um, just like this, uh, this university course was. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and especially what inspired you to write it because you yourself work on a university campus with students. Secrets are feeling fantastic, and um, and that was really the precursor to this this um, more expanded work. Um, and that the, the that really the message in that little book really resonated, and so I sort of I felt God telling me for the past decade, just hurry up and get another version of that one out and and, um, and beef it up a bit. But look, I, I I'm I'm very much immersed in the lifestyle medicine world, um, which really lifestyle medicine is about uh, treating the cause of many of the conditions that kill us today. So, you know, we're talking about heart disease and diabetes. So, um, it's, so lifestyle medicine has an emphasis on nutrition and, and physical activity and, you know, stress management. And um, I have a great interest in that space. But And, and some of the interventions, some of the programs that we develop, and we I'm actually part of the um, help develop a program called TIP, which is the Complete Health Improvement Program. Mm-hmm. And that now operates in about 10 countries around the world, wow. um, which is really exciting. And people see some you know, incredible transformations in their physical health, including things like reversing the type 2 diabetes and the like. But for me, the end goal, I mean, I, and I love helping people be healthier, but the end goal for me is really for people to be happier and, and more hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I think that because of that, my the the, the, the emphasis. Um, so I can, actually, my, my PhD was in human physiology. So, which many people think sounds super boring, but it's not. It's um it's actually about how we're wired, how we're put together, how basically how God designed us. And mm-hmm. when you understand that blueprint, then it really gives you a platform for understanding how to to live our best life, which is what I believe you know Jesus wants us to be doing. So, um, I have. Uh, over the past sort of couple of decades, the the whole neuroscience area has just exploded, and so I have a great interest in in that, and particularly what's being um, revealed in terms of our emotional brain. Yeah, you know, so we, we actually call it the limbic region of our, but the limbic system. I because I'm an Aussie, I give everything nicknames. So I call it the limbo. Yeah, but, I just uh, saw. I just I'm, noticed that you had a couple of chapters there called limbo, or about your limbo or something or other. I'm thinking, isn't that got something to do with crawling under a bar or something? <laughs> <laughs> something <laughs> yeah, yeah, get to the ground. <laughs> yeah, no, not that kind of limbo. Um, yeah, I, look, I, as I said, the, the, the book is it's very evidence based. So I've, I've got you know, there's over 300 studies I refer to in it, but I wanted to write it for. Uh, the everyday audience, so that everyone and, and we even kids can read this and go, ah, oh, I get how that works. And so, yeah, my, essentially, my passion is now is really about how we help people to be more emotionally vital. Um, because, as you said, um, you know, in Australia, we have what one in ten Australian adults on antidepressants today, and and we're we're meant to be one of the happy countries. Um, mm, mm. So, yeah, it's, it, there are a lot of people really struggling, and look, I I, I think that. There are, there are so many, well, I know that there are so many evidence-based, scientifically proven things that we can do to feel better, probably today, and many of these strategies work as quickly as that. Is it really within our control, though, or is, is you know, because some people say, look, you know, my mum was depressed, my aunt was depressed, my uncle was depressed, you know, it's just genetics. Is it, is it really within our grasp to actually, you know, figure yeah. out how to get more happy and make it happen? 
Yeah, it's interesting. So the science actually indicates that probably about 50% of our happiness is genetically determined. Now, when I say happiness, I'm talking about more long-lasting happiness, you know, more the enduring happiness, not how you're feeling right at this moment because if we have a terrible thing happen, obviously, as Solomon said, you know, there's a time to be to laugh and there's a time to cry. There, there, there's a time for everything. Mm-hmm. So, but, but we know that um, what, what's interesting is that about 50% of our overall happiness seems to be genetically determined. Um, but what's intriguing is that only about 10% of our enduring happiness seems to be influenced by our circumstances which is a lot less than most people recognise. Most people think, oh, if I just had that extra money or if I just had that better relationship or mm. if I had this, you know, this better house that I'd be happy, well, the science doesn't suggest that. You know, once our basic needs are met, pretty much our you know, increasing wealth, for example, doesn't really influence our happiness that much. So what this means is 50% is probably genetically determined, although new science indicates probably less than that. Uh, about 10% our circumstances. And what that leaves is that 40%, roughly half of our happiness, we get to influence and choose. So couldn't you and just, can, couldn't you just yeah. choose to be more happy? Isn't, isn't that just how it works? Do you know what? This, today I'm just going to be happy. Is that, I mean, is there really more to it? Well, there is sort of more to that because um, that's a great wish and it's a high aspiration. And uh, by the way, there's, there are many good reasons to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and none, none the least of which is we know that happy people you know, live longer, they're healthier, they, they're, well, so, you know, the, 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 the overarching statement is the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your emotions. So, yeah, just being happier, but being more emotionally robust is a really positive things to do. But, you know, so how, what, are the, what are the active steps that we can use to, to, to achieve that? And that's really what the book's about. And those steps are coming from two worlds. They're, they're coming from lifestyle medicine. So all that stuff that I've learned and, you know, I've been help using to help people with their physical health, we now know what's good for your body is also excellent for your brain. Hmm. And so things like motion creates emotion. Yeah, so we know that when people move, they feel better. In fact, we know that when we get people just moving in a dynamic way, within 10 minutes, they, their mood lifts. Wow. And, so, and, and this is powerful. You know, I think that um, people often think, oh, I hate exercise because it's painful and it's sweaty. And, and that's fine. People don't need to exercise. You just need to move. And the more often you can do that, the better the, the mood lift will be for you. So. You know, we know that the things like that, we know that food feeds your mood. We actually now know there's the, the, the new science which looks at our gut health and particularly the bacteria contained within our, our, our gut has a huge impact on our emotional brain. And so wow. high-fiber foods, for example. Um, we actually know that in, in, when you look at large studies that have been conducted, when they look at um, increasing levels of fruit and, uh, fruit and um vegetable consumption, you actually see a dose-response relationship. People get happier um, as they eat more fruit and veggies. So, I mean, these are fairly simple messages. Um, things like um, what uh, one of the chapters I have in the book is called Blue and Green Should Often Be Seen. Yeah, and I was wondering the, the what that was all, about. Yeah, the science showing that just immersing ourselves in natural environments, particularly where there's bright sunlight, I mean, this is, this is, these are the spaces that God designed us to inhabit, effectively, so it should come as no surprise to us. But we know that these are very powerful for improving our emotional well-being um, if we do so. In fact, yeah, I don't have time to tell you the science, but it's intriguing, um, some of the things coming out in that space. But so from the lifestyle medicine world, we're learning a lot of really practical strategies, things people can do to put their emotional brain, their limbo, in a better place. But also we're learning from positive psychology, 
And um, positive psychology is, is really the scientific study of what it takes to help people flourish in life. And what fascinates me is that it's being driven by, you know, sort of secular psychology, and yet the lessons they're coming to um, are just, just aligned so much with what, you know, what we've known for thousands of years through, you know, the biblical wisdom. Mm. Um, things, things like expressing gratitude. And we, we actually, in fact, can I give you guys some homework? Absolutely. Maybe even homework for, you, for the listeners as well. I've got well. my pen and pad ready. Go ahead, doctor. Pen and paper. All right. Well, um, just what you think? You, can you think of someone who's alive today that has had a positive, significant impact on your life? You don't have to tell me who they are. Mm-hmm. If once you've got that person, here's your challenge. Sit down and write down a couple of paragraphs about that person and the difference they've made. And then here's the really challenging, challenging part. Actually go and read it to them. Ooh. Now, Ooh. That's, called, that's called the gratitude visit. And we know studies indicate when people do that, they will report higher levels of happiness and emotional vitality for up to one month after that event. One so, month? One month. Well, if you want a be- even a better better exercise, if, um, we know that when people actually take the time to sit down at the end of each day and for 15 minutes write down three things that went well that day, we actually see and really give it their full attention. Don't be flippant with their responses. Really just, okay, you know, what went well today? What am I grateful for about today? And, you know, sometimes, some days it's easier to come up with, <laughs> make the list than others. But, you know, if you, if you think hard enough, you, you can normally come up with these three things. We actually see studies show that people progressively increase their happiness over a six-month period. So this is this is really showing and demonstrating that when people have this positive orientation, where they're very intentional about doing that, um, that their brain gets better at doing it. Um, we actually know that there's a science called brain plasticity, which many of, many of us have heard of before. What it's, it's showing that we can actually retrain our brain to be more positive, more optimistic, um, have a better outlook. So, you know, things like, you know, gratitude visit, thinking um, positively about the past, things like what went well. Sometimes they call that the three blessings experiment. That's, you know, what went well today. But then also having a positive orientation towards the future. You know, like I ask you the question, well, what, are you gen- what have you got coming up in the short term that you are genuinely excited about? Um, people need that. We need, we need that sense of anticipation. And if you don't have something, well, then go and book something. Mark it in your diary plan something that, you know, that, that sense of anticipation of positive things is really important. Essentially, if you, if you want to give it a word, it's about having hope, isn't it? Yeah. Having that sense of hope. And, you know, we know that having that sense of hope, which Christians have a, a distinct advantage in this space, is, is tremendously powerful for, for changing people's emotional well-being. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Morton. I really appreciate you coming on the show this morning. It's been wonderful and informative. We're going to put pictures up of your new book on our social media. And Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. What's keeping you up at night? Your family? Your friends, maybe your future. This weekend, Hamilton Adventist Church is hosting presentations on hot topics of climate change, the economy, and living a purpose-filled life. And we want you to join us in sharing your thoughts through roundtable discussion. Discover hope right here at Hamilton Adventist Church beginning 7 p.m. Friday, July 6. For more info, call 0466-693-095 or visit discoverhopeseries.com. See See you there. there. 
room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Thy presence 
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.